0: Hey guys, it's Pleasant, and I'm currently sitting at the top of a mountain in Connecticut. Um, It's absolutely beautiful up here, and I'd had on my um, to remember list for this time away from D.C. to record the Just You and Me August episode, and. As I was walking up here today, I thought, I know exactly where I'm going to do this um, because the walk up here is so um, beautiful and meaningful. I used to walk up here with my dad and my grandfather um, and complain the whole time, mind you. Um, And now I just, uh, every year when I come to Connecticut, I eagerly drop my kids off at camp and I do this um, trip alone. And it means a lot because every time I come up, I have something different to reflect on and I'm in a different stage of life and I'm noticing different things. And so this morning on the walk up, I was thinking, you know, these just you and me episodes where I just share with you kind of what's going on. You know, I think some people say, have said or have um, reached out and said, oh, the podcast, it's so intimate and um you share so much and i learned so much about you and your you know your friends lives and your um what they're doing and um i just want you to know that this is the sharing part comes very natural to me it is i have always been a sharer whether it is through conversation or stories um, or writing and so this transition to sharing my life with you in this way um, feels really full of ease and simplicity and um, in service because this is what I do as a teacher, as a writer, um, as, some, as a student of life. Um, this is the way that I learn is through my mentors and friends and listening to their thoughts and listening to what's happening in their lives and how they're processing it. And sometimes like the episode with Katie, um, from Biz, Biz Women Rock sometimes I feel like I'm so much more like everybody when I hear these stories and then sometimes I learn something a perspective that's just so different and that feels awesome so um, sharing the most intimate parts it's very easy for me to open up and be honest with you. Um, And in fact, the more that I study, um, I just finished the 12 week artist way teaching it to the thrive students again. And so going back through it so many times after so many years, I realized this year, every time I do it, this, the 12 week, the artist way from Julia Cameron um, book and, and sort of course that she guides you through in the, in the 12 week book, Um, is every time I learn something different about the creative process, about living um, from the soul, about soul work. And this time I really learned um, that I actually have to share like part of The creative process and part of the work is the sharing and that is creating something every day is what helps me feel so alive and so i've been thinking about that so every day when i sit down to during my work blocks i think okay what can i create that is um, inspiring or funny or fun or interesting or something i'm learning how can i share that today In honor and as a nod to the creative process and so sometimes it's a Instagram post or a Facebook post or a blog or a newsletter or recording these podcasts so that feels really fun to every day just show up to do some kind of creative work and let it be enough right if it's an instagram and it's a funny story about our kids this morning i posted because i got up early to do some yoga and the kids got up immediately and started climbing all over me and so it was funny and it's real and the moment we think we've got it all planned out the unknown pops in but this unknown was so full of love and grace and humor that it was just welcome you know what can I do so this is part of that creative process and again so I'm thinking about framing these monthly talks as like okay what have I learned this past month what has gone on um What are the changes? And I have to be honest with you guys, it has been a big month. There are a lot of emotions. There are a lot of big things going on in our family that are extremely complicated. And I am facing it. I am not afraid. I am strong enough. to handle this. I'm reminding myself every day when I wake up, you've got this and you can do this and you are strong and you do hard things. Um, that's what we all do in the face of difficult times with family members and aging. This is a whole new stage. And here's why I Um, this is just kind of what I'm going through is that we I have my beloved grandmother who will be 90 in April and it is time for us to try to find somewhere else for her to live and so part of our mission here in Connecticut is to take her on all of these tours and it's very challenging she does not necessarily want to go at all and it's very layered and she is a very strong-willed uh soul and so she has some memory loss and so every day but she doesn't remember that she has memory loss and so it's challenging and i'm navigating um loving compassionate conversations with her and to her along with um, being clear about why it's time for us to find another place for her and so um at the same time, navigating, we are in a whole new parenting realm. It feels like all of the sudden, like for this fall, Sailor will be in fifth grade and Milo will be in second. And now I'm raising middle-aged children, that's what they're called, or school-aged children, and The responsibilities as a parent shifts, what you want them to learn, what you want them to know. So I always do backwards mapping. This is something I learned when I was a teacher and a principal is you go to the end result, right? The end goal. So when my children leave the home at eight, say it's 18 or 17, 18 or 19, what do I want them to know how to do, learn, be, say, think, feel, and how can I now work backwards? So if sailors ten, that's basically eight years. And what are the real things I want her to learn? Now I take that down a notch. I do year by year. So like, let's just think about this year. What do I want her to learn as she, um, you know, she's going into fifth grade? So next summer, what are the things I want her to have had, um, seen, felt, and experienced this year? And especially around the responsibilities for home in terms of packing lunches and making breakfast and unpacking and home responsibilities and screen time, all of these middle, you know, middle age, not middle school age, but uh, middle-aged children, school-aged children. Um, And same with Milo. Now that he's seven, he is transitioning into being able to handle more responsibilities and the thing is, is that I know this and I can backwards map for him and for Sailor. And then it's about bringing Mel on board also, right? Like educating Mel in terms of how we need to plan, what we need to think about and really how we integrate all of this. This is intentional living. This is conscious parenting. This is deliberate design of our life i am not allowing it to run away from me and be reactive i am being extremely proactive so it's august and the fall activities are set planned and signed up for our meals we've got um we're gonna have buddha bowls on mondays tacos on tuesdays wednesdays we'll have date nights where all of us will switch out mel and i will have one then mel and sailor then mel and milo and then we'll have a family one um, for the four Wednesdays every month. Thursdays will be noodles, so either spaghetti or rice noodles or ramen, um, but Thursday we'll do noodles, and then Friday we're gonna do pizza family game night. So. I have mapped out that I put that all on the calendar I made charts of that and left it in the kitchen now you have to remember for me this is so fun this is how I take care of my family this is how I show up this is how I set the tone for the school year this is how I want things to be and feel and look in our family and so I'm setting it up for that um, right now well actually I did it in July and in August before we left so The other reason I did all of this was because I knew that I was going to be coming to Connecticut for two weeks to help my grandma find a home and look at places and being in my grandma's house and being single parenting for two weeks and sleeping all in the same room and Sailor and I sleep in the same bed, it can be a lot and I don't have a lot of alone time or me time or self-care time. So I wanted to make sure that I really could relax during my downtime when I was here which means that I had I wanted to be proactive because my home is clean and ready for school to start Um, I took care of that all before I left so when we return home uh, after the two weeks and we kind of glide right into the transition back to school we are already in good shape because it's emotional and it's challenging to help family members with aging, with this kind of care. And this is the real middle age that we talk about, the the taking care of our kids and our elders. And so I'm in it, I'm fully in it. Um, You know, I'm lucky I have a big family, um, so I'm not alone, but I am definitely an active participant and I am super close to my grandmother. So this is really important to me that she feels respected during this process I'm just learning so much about aging and it's painful you guys it's really hard and I want space to feel that and digest that so that's part of that integrity um, integration digestion that I'm always talking about is like if my life is too full and too busy and too back to back to back activities and doing things for others, I don't have time to digest all of this. I don't have time to think about how to care for her. And She did so much for me in my life and she really was such um, just a mentor and an advocate and a cheerleader for me showing up in the world. Um, I've told you guys this story. When I got into the University of Pennsylvania um, for the education school, she said, why didn't you apply to Harvard? <laughs> and I laughed because she had told me apply to Penn. She never told me to apply to Harvard. If she had told me to apply to Harvard, I would have applied. And I, I always listened to her. And so, you know, she's just one of those people where like the minute you do something great, she wants to know why it wasn't greater. And, and that was really motivating for some members of our family. I think that that was really... Um, not good for them it really hurt them but for me it was very motivating and so I'm I want to be here for her and is it challenging to navigate that with a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old on their last two weeks of summer break yes but again if I start the day with I have all I need I'm um, feeling my body I appreciate my life and there's an eagerness for more then I actually don't have to um kind of play into any other emotions that I don't want to have. Also, I'm studying the work of Joe Dispenza while I am here. So becoming supernatural about brainwaves, about personality changes, about letting go of emotions that we are addicted to. It's like this awesome intersection of I'm in my childhood uh, town in a childhood house that I grew up in. And I have a lot of really difficult, challenging memories of this place. And here I am studying ways to not be addicted to the contagious emotions of the past of being here in the past. So it's quite amazing. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about was kind of like, what does soulful self-care look like when we are dealing with all of this? And so we're traveling alone with our kids we're driving them we're feeding them. Um, I have some help. My dad's been great coming up and helping here and there. Um, my uncle will help if I ask him, but basically, it's about just like I said, reading the books that I'm reading, staying interested in my studies because I'm so curious about learning, and that's such a big part of who I am that I'm not going to stop that while I'm away so I want to get up early to do my self-study and reading and journaling. Um, It just makes these days much better. Um, I also notice that I've been napping while I'm here. So I've been tired in the afternoons and I've been letting myself lay down for like half an hour or an hour and just sleep or lay there while the kids watch a movie. So screens for the kids is part of my soulful self-care, not beating myself up, that we should be doing something else. Um, having food that fuels me. So that just means that I do make an active, um, I do try to stick to the supplements and the drinks and the things that I know make my body feel good so that I, um, am not, my grandma has a lot of sweets in her house, which is totally fine. I don't, I'm not judging that. It's just, I know I don't feel so great if I overeat those. So when I make sure that I take care of myself with the foods that do fuel me, um, then I'm able to enjoy everything and stop eating when I am not hungry anymore, um, which makes me feel better. Doing something joyful every day. So I try to plan one fun thing for us, even if it's going for ice cream at our favorite spot or walking to the park or just little things, really nothing too big. Um, But I try to be intentional about that joy practice today. And if we don't have something today, then I try to make sure we have it tomorrow movement so this is a big one is that I enrolled the kids in an art camp so that I could go to my um, exercise class in the morning they do have orange theory here so I've been able to keep up with that and then pretty much after every three or four days I'm just going for a walk in the woods which really that's a real clear example of the masculine energy which is the orange theory classes and the feminine energy which is the woods and just walking and feeling nature um the other thing that I'm really doing while I'm away, which I hope inspires you when you're away, is I'm going to bed with the kids um, and rising early for that me time. So uh, as much as my grandmother would like me to stay up late with her, she's a night owl. So we have opposite schedules. Like she prefers to stay up till 11 or 12 and then wake up at 9 or 10 as where I prefer to go to bed at 9 or 10 and wake up at 5 or 6. So um It is just the boundaries. Like at night when I go to put the kids to bed, I say, good night, grandma. She says, are you coming back down? And I say, not tonight. And then probably one or two nights of these two weeks, I will come back down to spend that quality time with her. But I'm certainly not doing that every night because I just know that that sleep routine seven days a week is so delicious for me. It's really how I can stay calm, and patient, and peaceful, and centered, and really process all the stuff that's going on. If I'm not sleeping enough, it just does not work. Um, Simplifying and prioritizing. So that just means that in the morning, I am sort of like just thinking about, okay, is there anything today? Like what's the highest priority today? and is there anything that i need to let go of or simplify so an example of that is that the lion king is here in hartford and we thought we would go see it with the kids but when i went to get tickets it was super challenging to find a handicap ticket they didn't have any so we'd have to be in a regular seat which means my grandma would need a cane which is fine but it could be challenging if there's too much walking and all of that just feels too much so Simplifying is letting go of expectations of like, let's do all the fun things. So let's go to Lion King and let's go to a baseball game and let's, let's, let's. like. What I'm noticing is the more that we simplify our time together and we stay home and we take walks and we have meals together, that everyone is in a better um like more like a uh, sustainable mood, like m- not, there's not so many highs and lows. So yeah, we're not out and about doing all the fun things, but we are really simplifying our activities here. And I just wanna say that that's not my norm. Like normally in the past, I would over schedule us to make sure we had a lot of fun make sure we were doing all the things, I had a lot of FOMO and I would just like not, I, w- I would wanna check all the boxes. And so I'm sort of letting go of that practice, especially this trip to just say, let's just simplify and prioritize. And so one of the beautiful things that's happened over the past three nights is I'm bringing the kids upstairs early and we all stay in the same room and I've got all of our art stuff in there and we've been having these night storms. And so because we're not out, at shows and movies and you know doing all the things we've been going up into the bed and the kids have been doing art at night during these storms and I've been rubbing oils on their feet and we've been reading and doing art we've had this these like beautiful really simple moments of just togetherness that were are are spontaneous and that for me is soulful self-care like in a few months, when I look back at this time, I'm going to remember those summer storms and sitting up in our cozy little room. It's called the pink room because I had it de- decorated as a pink room when I was a kid. And my kids and I stay there when we stay here together, the three of us. And it's like us all cozied up in the bed, the summer storm. We're doing art, we're talking, we're reading. We've got the oils it's just so special those are the moments that i'm super savoring and i'm remembering that those little moments are um they they don't happen when we're overscheduled they don't happen when we prioritize doing and not being um, I talked about this a little bit, but in terms of the soulful self-care, really thinking about using all my senses. So again, traveling with my aromatherapy, traveling with my Ayurvedic, um, my mouthwash, my nose oils, like all my Ayurvedic tools, I bring those, um, doing my daily self-massage either with my Ayurvedic oils or my glitter after sun oil, but trying to do those little things that make all the difference for my senses Um, that's really made all it's really allowed this difficult complicated time to be something that I can process and move through and the thing is is that I'm also really um, experimenting with the law of attraction and difficult times because I want to be clear that I'm not trying to feel good all the time, always good, always amazing. When we love someone and they're sick or we're having to move them, like I'm more paying attention to what's arising. Again, this is how I'm practicing being uncomfortable um, being comfortable with the discomfort because it is uncomfortable to see your loved ones go through this, and instead of running away from from it or pretending it's not happening, I'm really sitting with it and and having a deep appreciation. Like, I'm so grateful for what is, and I have an eagerness for more. So feeling the alignment which is really this is really what alignment is in law of attractus law of attraction is having deep appreciation and an eagerness for more is that i'm it's like it's like kind of looking at it as the observer with strength with surrender with curiosity you know what will happen today what will come up today how can i move through it how can i digest it how can i integrate into my body soul cells my relationships and how i show up and to be honest it feels really powerful Um, almost painfully powerful like i'm scared of the power um, that is arising and the clarity but it feels cool and it feels a little overwhelming and that's just my honest truth about it so Um, As we have August start to wind down, I'm really looking towards fall and looking towards those fall practices. I've set it up. I mean, I have so many amazing things happening in fall. My client load is full with these beautiful, radiant, thoughtful women who want to learn these practices and integrate them. And I'm, Honored, honored, honored to help them. We have a Thrive class starting and people are already signing up. And they, I love the women who've signed up, I know. And so I'm like, oh, I just am like, yes for you. I feel so happy for you that you're doing this. Um, I'm going to be teaching at American University a stress management course. And I cannot wait to try something new and use this new textbook and just kind of get up there and work with our youth again. Um, I'm just really excited about it. And I have all these cool speaking gigs and teaching gigs, and I don't know, it just feels really interesting um, as I'm wrapping up the positive psychology class that I'm taking. So there's a level of learning, right? That student piece um, identity has to be in my life. I know that. Um, So reading and not one of the things that I've noticed a lot is that I'm reading a lot every day and I'm kind of flying through books right now, um, which feels good. And I'm not feeling as awesome with my writing, but I'm still writing every day. So I'm just kind of paying attention like, oh, this this, this has changed from the spring season when I felt like I was writing and the writing was potent. And now it's kind of changed and I'm just watching that. Um, so... There's two other big things that happened in July that I just wanna talk about, um, which I will talk about more probably later. And one is that um, on July 1st, I quit drinking, so it's been 38 days. Um, and one of the reasons, I'm gonna write and talk more about this, I'll probably do a separate episode just about why I stopped drinking, but. Um, the thing that I wanted to say in regards to June, July, and this August, you and me, is that I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary, and in it, they talk about the fact that Mr. Rogers was very upset with how um, children's entertainment and children's television was portraying um, a really dumbing down and a making fun of um, the kids and their level of engagement. So all of these cartoons, um, Roadrunner and things like that had them falling down and being run over and really, um, not abuse, but you know, one of the things that he said or he thought about was like, why do we have to make ourselves look like that in order to entertain our children? Like they're smarter than this and they they deserve more than that. and. When I left that movie, what I realized was so much of my drinking over the past 20 plus years, I've been drinking, I've been a heavy drinker since I was 14, is that that is what I probably looked like, felt like and Um, noticed about myself was there was this area when I was drink too much where I would become like a caricature of myself and not a good one so big emotions temper tantrums and not so much in the past few years um, in the past 10 years but definitely when I was younger and um, I realized that like I don't want to be that person I don't want to be the caricature I don't need to be silly and goofy in that way, um, and that it was really uh, a way that I was practicing self-sabotage, or that I was practicing um, self-abuse, and practicing and not practicing self-compassion, not practicing self-love, because my relationship with alcohol had been so abusive for so long. So that's kind of all I really wanna say about that right now. The other reason that I um, decided to stop drinking was as we got closer, as we got some of this information about our family, I realized, and some changes that are happening, I realized that this is going to be a very possibly intense emotional time over the next six to 12 months. And I wanted to be very clear-headed. I want to be clear. I want to be a strong vessel. I want to be strong. You know, a strength. I want to be. um, I want to be available to the people I love, and I want to make good decisions. And so, for me, it was clear if I'm going to practice simplicity that the alcohol had to go. It was making things more confusing and it was making things more complicated. So as, an, as a nod, as a bow to my emotional life and to the stages of life, I wanted to do this um, so that I could handle and move through this difficult stuff without drinking and without drinking too much to numb the emotions, to numb the pain of watching my grandmother um, have to go through this of watching my aunt be sick and watching my you know kiddos go through some stuff like I just want to be here and that means being clear and that for me no one else just speaking for me means not drinking right now I don't know how long I don't know any of the other stuff I just know that I'm not drinking right now um And just so you know, that's kind of a big deal for someone who's been drinking since they were 14 and only was sober through pregnancy. And to be honest, I was really bitter about having to be sober. So just going to be honest about it. Um, Okay, so we'll talk more about that another time. And I'm going to have a friend on the podcast who's also sober and talk about this. Um, okay. The last thing I wanted to say about July and kind of what's happening in August is I got a tattoo and some people have been asking me about it. So I wanted to tell you a little about it. And it says to me and through me. And I heard this phrase years ago, um, probably two or three years ago for the first time from some law of attraction people. I know Jess Lively says it a lot. I'd heard it in podcasts. I'd seen it in writing to me and through me, to me and through me. And I know that a lot, it's in um, the Ask Your Guides book, you have to, you know, one of the things they recommend you do is get up every morning and say, you know, ask for guidance, say, bring it to me and move it through me. Um, So I'd heard this and I kept putting that phrase everywhere. Like it was on my phone and it was on a postcard. I'm sorry, it was on a little sticky in my altar and it was in a sticky in my office and it was on a sticky in my... Bathroom, And I it kept coming up. It was like a mantra to me and through me, to me and through me. And so I sat down to write, what does it mean? And it means um, for me, my interpretation is it's my nod to divine intervention. It's my um, awakening to service, to my mission, uh, to getting out of the way, mentally getting out of the way so that source and spirit um, can just flow and lead me and guide me. It's about embodiment because to me and through me, I actually have it on my arm. It's not about the head. It's not about the thoughts. It's not about striving. It's not about pushing. It's about feeling. And that's embodiment. That is your whole body. Um, To me and through me is my, uh, my way of letting go of to thinking that I have anything to do with this like this life this path all these wonderful mentors and guides and people who come in my life um, that I attract and who are attracted to me and how we all dance and think and play and talk to one another um, to spirit right it is my nod it is my deep bow to spirit and source which is unknown so I also say that it's to the unknown it's to the all all is well, all is unknown. Like what is happening in this magical, mysterious life? Um, I really don't know. Uh, To wonder. So being in awe, being in wonder every day, how can I find that? How can I find that? How can I find that joy? And I want it to be based in reality. So based, I always use QuickBooks as my example, because I don't think there's anything more based in reality than... QuickBooks, but how can I find wonder and awe and joy in QuickBooks, in the woods, in the relationships, when I'm cooking? My, one of my um, spiritual healer, guide, mentors said to me recently, "I don't want there. I don't want you to have a separation between spiritual life and domestic life. Make it all one." And so that's that nod to to me and through me means it's everything. It's how I show up with my hands every single day. Um, And can I leave the world a better place than I found it, right? Which I think is a mission for a lot of us. We have that deep desire to heal and to serve. And that is what brings our lives meaning. Not the number of followers, not the number of people who listen to this. But if any of you who do listen to this, it touches your heart and you think, oh my gosh, me too, or yes, that soothes my soul, that is enough and letting that be enough. And so I think about to me and through me as letting it come in, letting divine guidance come in, letting source, letting spirit come in and letting it out. How do I digest it? How do I move it through? And how do I integrate every single day? Not waiting for someday because I have no idea what lies ahead. And that is the unknown. And that is what Joe Dispenza talks about over and over in his work is This fear of the unknown, this control that we have, this delusion of control is a fear of the unknown. And when we switch our lens and we look broader and more expansive to say, I don't know what lies ahead, but man, I'm excited um, and I'm curious and I have wonder about where it will lead and who I will meet and I can't even begin to imagine what is going to happen when I show up fully in my life because I'm committed to doing the work. And for me, doing the work looks different for everyone um, depending on where you are with your trauma, with your stagnation, with your neuroses, with those repeating patterns, with your personality habits that you're clinging to. You know, when we start to unravel those and pull those apart, there's just like, it is... It's beyond anything that I have words for. Um, it brings tears to my eyes. I can feel it in my whole body. I get chills. That is what, for me, to me and through me, feels like. And that's what it is. And that's why I tattooed it on my arm shortly after I quit drinking, shortly after my 40th birthday, this entire year of ridiculous amounts of change and openness and expansion and and commitment Um, and that's August. So um, thank you for listening. Please do what you do, which is text me or email me, shoot me a note, let me know what resonates, let me know where you're at. Um, I'm thinking about you because we are in this together and if our emotions are contagious and if our energy is contagious, I hope that some of my healing and well-being does rub off on others just as your sharing and your healing and your insights rubs off on me so we are all in this together and please take care of yourself i love you Um, at the end of this i have a really cute recording sailor created a meditation a few weeks ago for our writing retreat you guys she totally blew me away one morning she walked downstairs mind you this is a girl who says she hates yoga meditation so which is totally cool i say yep not a problem so she came downstairs she said i wrote a meditation for our retreat And I said, oh, that's so wonderful. Do you want to record it so you can hear yourself? She said, oh yes. So we recorded it and we're gonna share it with you. Uh, And it will come on right after this. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you live with ease.
1: Hi, I'm Sailor Salicki. And this is Soulful Self Care. Um, I am Pleasant's daughter. And today I'm going to be reading to you a meditation reading. So here it is. Um, I wrote it myself, and I hope you like it. Thank you. Imagine you're on the ocean meditating. You open your eyes and see the ocean. And you go up to the ocean, the beautiful ocean, and you feel the cold waves splash against your feet and you hear the ocean calling to you. And what she says, only you know. You dive right into the ocean, not knowing what awaited you. When a wave swooped up, swooped you up, <laughs> you saw something that was amazing, a dolphin jumping out of the water, and the waves was like a chair. As the ocean landed you, on the ground again you think it the yoga when you are heading back to the yoga mat to wake up wake up from your meditation time you you fell you feel the sand one last time And one last time, you look out to the ocean, the beautiful ocean, when, then, when, then, you sit down on your lap and close your eyes. Namaste. I hope you liked it.